0: Welcome to Parkinson's Recovery Radio. This is Robert Rogers, your host, the founder of Parkinson's Recovery. In 2002, as you can well see, we have been at this for well over one decade. I am privileged today to have a guest on the radio show who has been a former guest on the radio show. We introduced his name at that time as Dale. He's now changed his name to Mountain Sage. Now Mountain Sage has been diagnosed with Parkinson's and is also well known globally to have hiked the Appalachian Trail, the full trail for three summers. And also uh, this last summer, he hiked the trail halfway up. Now that's a pretty remarkable accomplishment to be sure. I've uh, recruited him to be a follow-up guest on the radio show where he'll be talking about a lot of his revelations from doing those hikes and also his preparation for, get this, another hike this summer. Mountain Sage, thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest on the radio show today.
1: Oh, Great. It's my pleasure. Happy to be here.
0: So I know you've got a number of topics you wanted to discuss and some revelations. So let us know where you're at after hiking this trail for summers. Okay. Well,
1: I I have a lot to share, some of it practical in nature and uh, others just observations and things that I've gathered from miles on the trail while hiking long distances. I guess I could start by saying We get caught up in the illusion of linear time in in this life, um, as we're all familiar, I'm sure. I wrote a quote like 20-something years ago. It goes like this, Human existence or experience is not so much measured by the illusion of time, as it were, but rather by the more personal, infrequent, profound awakening of the sacred within. Profound awakening awareness of the sacred within. And then Lao Tzu, he said, a good traveler has no fixed plans and is not intent on arriving. I tossed that around in my mind over and over while I've been hiking for thousands of miles. And I kind of feel that perhaps it's not so much the linear destination as it is the dance, the play, the music. We don't play to arrive somewhere, nor do we dance to go someplace. We listen to music, to dance or just play, and it can simply be for just the sake of enjoyment, fun, or happiness. Much like food, it doesn't always have to be the focus of what's good for you or what's healing or medicinal. It might just be the purpose of taste, smell, texture, or even just simply sharing time with others. So my goal for this year is that every step of the trail be aligned to the music that's inside, to the play, perhaps what's outside, to the dance of this life, made up of every step, every mile, every moment, already complete in itself. So that's kind of my goal for this year, based on what I've learned from the other years. There's a quote by Carlos Castaneda, the self-confidence of the average man is not the self-confidence of the warrior. The average man seeks certainty in the eyes of the onlooker and calls that Self-confidence warrior seeks impeccability in his own eyes and calls it humbleness. The average man is hooked to his fellow men while the warrior is hooked only to infinity. I'm sharing a few quotes and things that I've written and quotes from other people. If you just open your heart, you'll probably follow, you'll follow a trail right through these and maybe pull it together to understand what I'm pointing at. One, uh, quote that I use on the trail quite often, especially when I find people broken along the trail and try to uplift them or give them something to carry on with, is from Theodore Roosevelt. I share this quite often. It is not the critic who counts, not the one who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Who strives valiantly? Who errs? Who comes short again and again? For there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotion? Who, in the end, at the best, knows the triumph of high achievement? And who, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly? An interesting thought. Also, is there's a Hindu philosophy that our existence here, existence here, is that of drama. It's like we keep designing what I refer to as dreams of drama. One after another, each dream lasts this lifetime. If in a previous given life, we may have been so happy, satisfied, and healthy that we saw it was taken granted for, or perhaps we wanted to experience the opposite, an escape from the boredom of the soul is what I call it. Well, until we're here right now and we find ourselves you know, listening in or doing whatever we're doing, seemingly in a struggle, or in pain, or not feeling so happy, and actually even sometimes a bit out of control, there's a sense in which we have therefore taken control in order to give up control, you'd say it the other way around too, that we um, have given up control in order to take control. So there is more to life than just this life, and that helps us get through this life when we understand that. One last thing that I wrote. There's an abundance of kaleidoscopic and holographic parallel realities coexisting in this moment. It is manifestation of creative impulse or conscious desire known as thought through which we choose or project this reality upon which our human nature clings. So there are many paths that lead to the same truth. There's a trail blessing. I'm not sure if, if that's um, in the library or not, but I wrote this through a lot of miles of, of hiking on the trail, and I wanted to share something with people along the way. So I wrote this, and I'm sharing this with you now because we are on a journey and we are on a very similar path, if not the same path. You could look at it that way, and it goes like this. I love you, my brothers and sisters, for we are indeed a kindred spirit on a journey to restore our most powerful and sacred inner being to its infinitely creative memory of wholeness. And this here is the trail we have chosen. This is the path we follow. This is the journey and the pilgrimage we actually become. And this way we are indeed already one. Peace on your journey. One of the things that I find really interesting is that right now, this is the most trying and challenging time of my life so far. You know, there's a bit of pain and discomfort and everything else. And yet, all the while, this is the best and most happy time, and most complete time in my life. I really am just, like, excited about life at the same time as it seems it's like the worst time in my life. So it's kind of an unusual thing, but I feel like it's beautiful and perfect the way it is, you know. Jumpstart to recovery, the course that I took with uh, Dr. Robert Rogers here a number of years ago, was very meaningful, and I've done many natural therapies and things since then. Another way that we might jumpstart to recovering is, is to clear space to accommodate more good things to flow into our lives. And in my notes, I just put, give, give, give. What we put out, it's almost like it creates room for new things to come in or beautiful things to come in. St. Catherine of Siena, 14th century philosopher and doctor of the Catholic Church, she wrote a quote that I really like. It goes, you are rewarded not according to your work or your time or your title, but according to the measure of your love. And that's kind of a ticket right there for us. If we just scoop that up and, and share love, that's where we're going to benefit the most and perhaps benefit other people as well. Another thing I would say is also take a chance to dare. Dare to take a chance. Moving up here to the White Mountains, which I, I just did, um, beginning of January was a real challenge to relocate. But I'm really, really, really happy that I took that chance. As with people with Parkinson's, it, you know, it was a slow thing and it was a challenging thing and, uh, pushed me a little bit. But now that I'm here and settled in, I feel so wonderful and happy, and it's just a beautiful place with beautiful people and beautiful mountains and rivers and everything else. And then, when you stop and think that several years back, I literally was driving around, I figured I should do it while I could still drive, so I was going to visiting living, living what do they call it visiting assisted living homes and nursing homes and some veteran housing and stuff like that that was privately owned. And i got to tell you, it was was a little bit depressing, a lot depressing, actually. So to see where I was then and where I am now, just because I have continued to repetitively dare to take chances, um, so it keeps life happening, you know. It's a really good thing. Far better is it to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight and knows not victory or defeat. That again was Theodore Roosevelt. So living in the gray twilight can represent some things that we might want to dare to take a chance to move from. Often people with Parkinson's or PD, I'll call it, are driven and movers of mountain in their personalities and lifestyles. We've heard it said that people with PD have been very active, very strong. And like I said, movers of mountains and so forth. But my take is the other way around. It's It may be more about People that have had Parkinson's have been dealing with this before they even knew what was going on, have had to adapt a different lifestyle in order to create the chemicals that we need to continue on. There's a quote, I don't know who said it, but to come to your senses, you must go out of your mind. People that have the qualities that many of us do who are dealing with PD develop patterns that appear to become a way of life. An example of that is I have to get up early and do a lot of exercise or go running or do something of that nature, yoga, whatever. Not as a precursor of PD. PD didn't come to me because I was active, is what I'm saying, but I became active as a means of counteracting the ever-growing symptoms of PD. The body's intelligence knows if it engages in extreme activity in order to create the chemicals to continue functioning and feeling good then it will desire to repeat that function and activity. Now I'm looking back at my life and I can see why I was doing all the things that I was doing which were a little bit over the top activity-wise and yet at the same time that's what my body needed to help me to feel good. It's Like if I was if I didn't exercise and do large body movements and really work hard at it, I wouldn't want to communicate with other people. It was just difficult to do anything, including move, you know? So, but when I did, I felt better, I reacted better, I communicated better, everything was better. You know, I could study better um, in my studies or whatever it was that I was doing. So maintain my senses and movement, I must go out of my mind. But but where do you go? So this year on the trail was the most exciting thing in that I started to realize the importance of non-deliberation. You can't think fast enough when you're in the mountains on uneven terrain. There's rocks, there's roots, there's uh places, there's, you know, you're walking in water and you can't see exactly where your feet are going and it's very slick on the bottom or you're actually up on the mountains and there's like moss and mold growing on the rocks. If you can even see the rocks, you know, a lot of times you can't even see where your foot is going because the growth comes right through the rocks. And so there's many areas that they're not flat at all. I mean, it's constant change of environment. If I were to try to think about where I placed each foot, each step, I would I would have a really hard time it may be safer, but I'd starve to death by um going so slow and not getting to the next resupply point safe amount of time. you know by allowing the body to make its own judgment and just listening to my body, you know there's there's more than the brain and our mind and our head we have brains and all the cells of our body. And it's, that's for real. I mean, there's super intelligence all throughout our body and all our nerve endings and, and every cell of our body. So if we can rely on that, which is what I realized I've been doing for a good portion of my life, particularly when I'm in the mountains, because again, it's not the fake flat domestic environment that we have here in in most of most of our lives. So I'm leaning more towards the visceral, relating to the deep inner feelings rather than to the intellect, the intuitive, the non-rational, the instinctive, the natural. It's, it's almost automatic. That would be a good time to mention in Zen training, I believe, they there's a book, something about an archer or whatever, I've heard quotes from it, but I've never read it. But it's like, if you think pull the trigger or release the arrow it messes up your your uh, shot normally you would end up you know pulling or twisting or doing something <laughs> with that thought which is going to affect the flight of the arrow but if you can do it automatically which is kind of a more intuitive thing everything just kind of happens And then you're like, wow, did I just do that? And then you play back the tape. I used to hunt basically to eat because it was the purest food that I could get. And um, in hunting with a bow with black bear and deer, that happened time and time again. It's like I would just, you know, I'd be hunting, sitting real still for hours on end, and then something would approach, and I would just go into this automatic state where I didn't even know what really happened until after I took the shot, and my shots were pretty most always actually quite perfect. You really do become separated from thinking with your mind in cases like this and in cases like moving through the mountains. The best example is when I stumble and fall in the mountains, which happens regularly because you're not walking on the fake flat domestic environment. You're walking on the turns and bumps and curves and swiggles and everything that's up there. And um, every time I fall, I've never really gotten hurt bad. It's usually just been little scrapes and bumps and bangs, you know. But they've been horrific falls included in these. Um, Really, they make your hair stand on end, you know. So again, how do I do that? Well, I don't. I'm I'm not thinking about how I'm going to do it. It's just my body knows what to do, and I have to just trust it. In our society, we're taught to trust our brains, our brain matter in our head. but Those brains are distributed throughout our body, and then that's just our inner body. Our brains are also distributed out throughout the earth because that's our outer body. I want to bring up the point about ignoring the tremors for... uh, the first couple of years I was hiking, I really, you know, just basically ignored my tremors because I could get away with it at that time. And to this point, I still ignore them, but only to the to the aspect of, like, if you're out in a restaurant eating or walking in a public place or whatever, if I was thinking about them, I would be, you know, self-conscious or embarrassed or whatever. But in that sense, I do ignore them because I don't have any problem, no matter how difficult it is being in public and doing my own thing. So, in that sense, yes, I ignore the tremors pertaining to embarrassment or self consciousness. But I must carefully monitor and tame the tremors, especially with climbs or on exertion. I found tremors really get activated. Well, another thing would be caffeine, which I stay away from, but today I decided I was going to have a cup of Yerba Mate, which I love, and used to drink really strong and straight, and just those few sips of Yerba Mate tea just kind of really set me off, so my tremors are more aggressive today than they have been other days, but, you know, that's how we live and learn, you know, so ignore tremors if it causes you to be embarrassed or self-conscious, but... Don't ignore them if they're really bad and thrashing and you don't want the joints in your body to be uh, abused by them. So be aware of them. And then what I do is create, I would suggest to create an arsenal of simple movements and postures that you can access at any moment to disarm the tremor tantrums. That's a term I coined a few years back on the trail. Um, Tremor tantrums. When things get out of control, when you're, body just start tremoring to a point that's uncomfortable. Having that arsenal available would be a whole thing, topic of its own, but I do it through hand movements, arm movements, body movements, um, and then just different postures. You can put your hands or arms in different places, and I have different postures for skiing, different postures for hiking. Whatever I'm doing, I have these postures all in my little arsenal and uh, I can access them, and I'll I'll consciously say, okay, I'm going to do this one, this one, this one, then I'm going to follow it up with that one. And then, you know, it may help you for 5, 10, 15 seconds, and then you have to shift to the next one and then to the next one. And I'll just have to concentrate on that. So when I'm climbing a mountain, if, if I pay attention, I get to the top of the mountain and I'm pretty good. And then once I get to the flats, or going downhill, I get a chance to really relax and calm down. Um, but on exertion, like I said, when I'm climbing or any other exertion, it's really a uh, a good thing to open up your little arsenal and go through these movements or postures, so that you can gain control. And otherwise, what happens is I get to the top of the mountain just one mountain I'm climbing many mountains in a day. But if I didn't do that, I'd climb the top of the first mountain, and I would literally be so exhausted that I found I wasn't recognizing people that I knew. Um, I had trouble carrying a conversation with them because I was just wiped out. And and I never used to get wiped out climbing mountains. It's the tremoring combined with the climbing of the mountains that really takes the wind out of me. So now I just don't, don't ignore the tremors in that sense. Another beautiful thing I've been learning is to live in this moment, focus in the present. Jerry, I think his last name is Spencer, he's a contemporary child's children's author, he wrote, live today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, just today. Inhabit your moments, don't rent them out to tomorrow. I think that's such a wonderful gift of a quote, don't rent your moments out to tomorrow. Keep them with you today and just submerge yourself in the moments. There's another one quote by Lao Tzu, 600 years B.C., I believe. He said, if you are depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're at peace, you're living in the present. And those are real words of wisdom from Lao Tzu. I think I, on a previous interview, I was discussing how I... uh Went through a really black hole back in 2016 when I got diagnosed, and uh, um, yeah, it was a pretty pretty dark hole. But I got out of it, and the way I got out of it was I recognized the voice that was talking in my head. You know, I'd get very frustrated and even angry with myself when I couldn't tie my shoes or zip my zipper, or it took so long to do a simple task. But when I finally got a grip, I I started to hear the voice, finally audibly hear the voice consciously. And I realized i got to stop this. So I was trying to figure out how I could stop the voice that was running in my head all day, beating myself up. And that's when I found I'm comparing myself to the past. You know, a few years ago, I was very athletic and crazy. And I'm thinking now I'm, I'm like, you know, I'd literally be saying to myself under my skull, a born loser, can't you even get your shoes tied, da 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 just horrible. So once I recognized that the voice was there and started hearing it, being conscious of it, I, that's when I started to change it. Every time it happened, I would just turn it around and start quoting a list of things that were beautiful today or that I had going for me in the good way or that I appreciated or loved. And that list keeps getting longer by the day because when you look, it's really there. See, our human existence is a, is a matter of manipulation of perception that's what i that's the phrase i coined 20 something years ago we get to manipulate our perception and we can see something as good or as bad and neither one is really good or bad everything just is you know and there is no really bad there is no really good but we perceive it as these things an example of Today, and how how I uh, had to control my little tremor, tremor tantrums, for most of the morning I spent uh, doing a little cooking, which I don't usually do, but I had all this food, so I figured I'd better do something with it, Well, I was holding the spatula in the pan, and I was trying to scrape my, my eggs and mushrooms and whatnot onto the uh, plate, and of course, started doing the fling the food thing with the spatula. So I was like, and I tried like two or three times and I couldn't, couldn't pull it off. But of course, the harder I try, the worse it gets. So I backed up, I set the utensil down, and I realized it's really because I'm picking up the spatula and trying to hold it, that's the problem. So I laid it down and I just used my fingers and pushed the food off the pan onto my plate. I didn't have any trouble at all. And again, it sounds silly, but these are the things that I'm sure most of you are probably versed at if you have a um, any sort of major tremors going on. The same with using utensils or a fork. Like if I'm eating dinner and I, I'm trying to use my left hand because I'm left-handed, but my left hand is the worst at this point. So I'll try two or three times and I'll just lay the fork down. I'll stretch my arm up over my head. And then I'll take my hand down, I'll touch my thigh, you know, my lap, I'm sitting down, I'll touch my thigh on my leg, and I'll quickly bring my hand up to my mouth. I'll touch my leg and come up to my mouth. I'll do that like two or three times. Then I'll pick up my fork. Without putting food on it, I'll do the same thing. To my mouth, to my leg, to my mouth, to my leg, or to the plate, whatever whatever works for you. And then um, after a few quick motions like that, then I'll just pick up a piece of food, and do it. And I realized also, if I just do it once, then I lose the benefit of what I just went through with the stretching and so forth and so on. So if I do it, like take three quick bites in a row, I usually can get like two or three bites in a row without any problem. So go through the movement, stretch the arm, go through the movement without using your fork, then go through the movement using your fork with no food, Really quickly, I'm talking about. And then once your hand is moving in that fluid way, then you just add some food to the fork and try it that way, and see if that helps. One of the biggest things that's really helped me for the mountains and just for my daily life is um, I try to do daily yoga classes. I used to go to the studios, but obviously this last year has been different with the pandemic. So rather than just cash in on it, which I tried to do for a while, but after like a month, I was totally falling apart without yoga. My balance was just dropping out the abyss. My movements were horrible. My flexibility, I was bending over more and more. Um, even my mindfulness was getting screwed up. So I just went on YouTube. and You can go on YouTube. There's amazing, wonderful instructors on YouTube. And you can pick a class. You can look through 30 classes in a minute or two. And decide which one you want to try. So I would suggest start with like a 20-minute class. If you just put yoga 20-minute class, and then all these different instructors will pop up. It's free, and you can take a yoga class on your own right there on your living room floor. And that really, really helps me every single day. And the best part is over the course of several days, you can actually see improvements. you'll you'll see small improvements. You'll be like, wow, I couldn't even do this the other day. I still can't do it today, but I'm halfway there. You know what I mean? So you'll notice improvements. and That's one of the biggest things, I think, the best therapies that we have at our disposal. Last year on the trail was predominantly, looking back on it anyway, it was about my meds. I, I never wanted to take what I refer to as toxic pharmaceutical drugs. And that's how I was about a week or less from being in a nursing home because I got to the point where I couldn't move at all. And it was almost like being paralyzed. So that was pretty pretty awakening in itself. I got to the point where I couldn't move and it was not looking good. So I thought, you know what, I'm either going to cash in now or I'm going to go ahead and try some meds and see if I can get moving again. So I did. I started taking uh, cinnamon and I still am. And I want to say, at this point, I am grateful for the toxic pharmaceutical drugs because, obviously, I wasn't doing too well without them. I'm taking, actually, as minimum as possible. And on the trail last last year, I actually backed it down because I felt so good because I was out there producing the chemicals that I needed rather rather than just sitting and suffering. I was moving. And when you move and you have fun and you do the things you love and enjoy, I can think, I can act, I can do everything I want to do. So um, this year, I was really thinking about what I'm doing with the meds. So I started out doing one and a half pills every four hours. And then as I got going, I started feeling better and better and better. I slowly started weaning it down. And then I ended up, I tried different things for a while. I tried taking a half pill less in the same four hours. I found that with me anyway, clearly I was better off doing a pill and a half every, four hours, every six hours than I was doing a pill every four hours, which is basically the same amount in a 24-hour period. But I I just felt like I was doing better with a pill and a half every six hours than a, a pill every four hours. So And I I did all through there in increments. I've worked my way through it. Um, and I did this while I was out hiking because once I was out there, I got adjusted really quick. And then, you know, you can tell pretty much what's going on just by being mindful. I was doing a pill and a half every six hours. And then I got off the trail and things changed and I went back to taking a little more, a little more often. And now I'm back to and a pill every six hours. Now I'm doing sometimes five hours. And if I'm really, really bad, I'll do it at four hours. But I don't do that very often. So pretty happy with the way that's been going. You know, I've been monitoring and trying to keep as little in my system as possible. My neurologist has told me that it's um, one of the unlucky 10 or 20% that the cement uh, doesn't really... Oh, my tremors too much. So right now I'm looking into...
0: I have it written down.
1: I can't tell you the name of it, but it's like a watch. It's like a big watch you wear. And it. Um, I'm not even sure I'm correct talking about it. I just have my idea of what I think it does. So I'm going to try that. I got my doctor to look into it. So, And then if it seems... It's more for essential tremors. But I called the company and they said... Um, if your doctor prescribes it, we can send it to him, even if it's Parkinson's and not a bunch of So I'm going to try it. And then if it seems to work a little bit and lower your symptoms, then you can buy a uh, setup for the other wrist as well. And then that will work even better, hopefully. So that's something I'm going to hopefully be able to try on the trail this year. There's a quote that I wanted to share from Lao Tzu also. It's, it's better to do one's own duty, no matter how defective it may be, than to follow the duty of another, no matter how well one may perform it. One who does his duty as his own nature reveals it never sins or can't go wrong, you know. So I encourage everyone to, to continue to live your life best you can and that's in a way that's true to your own nature. So this year, last year it was about meds. This year um, my focus when I'm out on the trail is going to be about sleep and recovery. It seems like the last well every year I've hiked, the last 7,600 miles I've hiked it seems as I've gone along my you would think that my recovery would get better, you know, I mean I was a fitness trainer, and I know how to train for that type of thing. But for some reason my recovery is just like going the other direction rather quickly. This year I'm gonna focus on sleep. I was cutting into my sleep in order to make up the time I was losing by either moving a little slower or when I'm referring to moving slower usually it's just when I get up in the morning. What used to take twenty minutes got up to taking two and a half hours so I would get up earlier and earlier, thus lose more and more sleep, and I didn't realize how bad that was hurting my, my life and my performance and my happiness. So this year, actually I've gotten it down to about an hour now. What used to take 20 minutes instead of two and a quarter hours is down to like an hour, which is much better. But this year I'm going to really, I'm going to stop with enough time to get set up and get a good night's sleep, and then I'm not going to You know, I usually wake up when the birds start, which is about 4.10. I mean, I just wake up and that's it. But I'm hopefully going to find ways to stay asleep a little better um, and get more sleep in because I think recovery is super well related to sleep. And without it, symptoms are, in my case, always much, much worse. So that's definitely in the works for this year, and I'm looking forward to it. I had to go out of my comfort zone for some of these uh, techniques or uh, whatever you might call it to sleep better and so forth. And although I had sleeping pills and things like that prescribed for me and antidepressants and everything else, and I'm grateful that they're there and that they're there for people who need them. But I was like, you know, I'm going to try to find other ways for this. So a more natural way of doing it, in my opinion, was to try CBD oil and stuff like that. And um, I still don't have that really wired. I know there's so many different types of oils and everything. I'm still in the learning process. But I have found it useful. What I do is basically only at night. I do CBD oil in capsules because that works good on the trail. I put them in Tic Tac containers. I use Tic Tac containers for all my meds and I also just the other day ordered, I've been buying hundreds of dollars worth of Tic Tacs and giving them away just so I can have the containers. There's a group that's helping me this year get ready. They found these containers of different sizes and shapes online that you can order and they're just empty containers like Tic Tac containers of different shapes and sizes. So this is exciting because that way I'll have different sizes for different types of things that are going to go in them. But back to the sleep aid, if I take a CBD oil capsule and then another CBD oil capsule that's two to one with THC in it, they say that that helps everything be more effective when you have a little bit of THC in it. So I do a CBD oil, a CBD oil with THC in it. These are both capsules. And then I do a mel- melatoma dissolvable pill that you put in your mouth. And then a THC hard candy, which is like just any pretty much any flavor, just a little cube or circle piece of candy that you put in your mouth. It's quite delightful. It tastes good. and it, But it takes about, an, I'm going to say, two hours for the capsules and the and the candy to take effect. So by that time, I've done my little bit of reading or studying, and I'm dozing off to sleep. And then I just go out like a light for like three or four hours. And it's really, really been useful and helpful for me getting um, some recovery going. Um, occasionally, I'll do if it's not too close to the morning, I may do another capsule or whatever just to uh, continue that sleep in a good, good fashion. You know, so that's been a real help. And also knowing that there's different size containers to put these in because at this point, I mean, when my tremors go off, everything, everything changes, you know, I mean, I could lose a whole bottle of meds in, you know, two seconds, as you all know. Yeah, there's a group called v 2 vg Vet to Vet Group. And they're up here in um, the White Mountains region and in New Hampshire. And... uh, Franconia Franconian notch to do my grocery shopping on the north side of it and I live on the south side of it. So it's like the most beautiful drive you could imagine. It's like 25 minutes and uh, it's gorgeous. You go right through the mountains. Never get tired of this. Two times I went up there to go shopping at the food co-op or wherever and two different people came up to me and said something. And then my physical fitness, my, I mean my uh PT, Woman at Sally, at the VA, she also told me and mentioned them to me. So I called them, and I said, you know, I I could use a little help this year. I've I've been hiking the Appalachian Trail for a number of years now, but I'm having a lot of trouble getting ready because of my Parkinson's and my tremors and my uh, lack of coordination and stuff with my hands and the small motor skills. And they were like, sure, we'll help you. So they jumped right on board and they are assisting me in getting ready, and the various many things that are included with that with my gear and food and so forth, and logistics um for food drops and things of that nature. so I'm very grateful for vet to vet group for um considering and and then offering to help me in many ways. They also have a website vet to vet group, but they also are Everybody, over here is asking me if they can follow me on, you know, social media, which I don't do at all. It's a little bit frightening for me. It was frightening before I had tremors, and now with tremors, it's twice as frightening. So anyway, they're like, oh, we'll put up a page for you, and you just send us the pictures and some comments or whatever, and we'll and we'll post them for you. So if you go to Facebook, apparently, and type in Mountain Sage, Mountain Sage, two different words. Um What they are doing to show my existence and my travels should be on there, so thanks to them and a big thanks to Dr. Robert Rogers for just being there this whole time and the beautiful website he has and the courses and everything. We can just keep on checking in on these things and keep tabs with the newest things that come up onto the scene. So very, very happy about, about that. I just wanted to share this one, one of my favorites, to keep things in perspective, Ralph Waldo Emerson, success, to laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, a redeemed social condition. To know even one life is breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. And to that point that I mentioned earlier about a good way to find more happiness and contentment and so forth is to give, give, give. Love, love, love. I'm not an expert at it, but I'm working at it. And the thing that's helped me the most, that cut me out of the dark hole is not just skiing in the winter, but I now went through the training course at a place called NEDS, which is an acronym for New England Disabled Sports. And basically we coach and teach adaptive skiing to everybody with disabilities, uh, busloads of veterans, and then just anybody and everybody that comes along. And through that, I've found a, a venue to to enrich my soul. You know, it's... Oh, this is what I was trying to think of earlier, too. It's a little poem I wrote a couple of years ago. We do what we do for reward, to please those around us, or the deep down real you, or the deep down real you. And that really is the way I feel it is. It's, it's kind of a selfish motive to help people in order to feel good, but it seems like a good thing anyway, you know what I mean? We are selfish beings because we're human and that's just the way it is. But I think in that, State, we can still make others happy and find a little bit of satisfaction ourselves as well. So in the winter, I've been volunteer coaching at NEDS, and then in the summer, I get back on the trail. And literally, my objective is to not to get to the other end. I'm just taking a hike, and I don't know how far I'm going to get. I just take it day by day. But my objective is I'm always looking for somebody that I might be able to encourage or. Coffee, tube when you're up in the mountains, something like that is really huge, you know. So anything I can do to try to help other people out there really feeds my own fire. So just some thoughts for for everyone, and um, I
0: hope this made sense. Mountain Sage, I just want to say on behalf of the many thousands of listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio that your insights, your experience, your perspectives, and your wisdom is going to influence so many people who experience these very same challenges physically as well as emotionally. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to express all of these incredible discoveries that you have unearthed as you have walked the Appalachian Trail for four summers and will do so again this summer. May your travels, may your journey, may your hiking be spectacular. This summer we look forward to connecting with you after you finish your hike. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And that's what's happening here on the shores of the you guessed it, Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all of the children are profoundly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this incredibly inspiring interview with Mountain Sage, that you are indeed traveling down the road to recovery successfully in your own way, in your own time, moment to moment. Thank you so much for being here and being a person who is following what we do here at Parkinson's Recovery. Good day.